Welcome to the Menopause Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Willis, author of Cookie Dough in the Dark and Vibrant Living with Tanya. Menopause is like going through puberty again. Your body is changing, your hormones are shifting, but instead of being a lost teenager, it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent your life and take stock of your emotional, mental, and physical well-being. Gain wisdom, be empowered, and learn the strategic skills and the inner work that can be done simply so that the last half to third of your life is vibrant and amazing. Subscribe and share this podcast with your gal pals, and thank you for joining me. Hello, everybody. I have a special guest on our Menopause Made Easy podcast today. I am joining Kelly Saunders, and I'll just give you a little brief bio on her, and then I'll tell you how we met. So she is a wellness entrepreneur in Kenora, Ontario, and she's been uh, teaching fitness like myself for 33 years. Oh my goodness. Teaching all styles of cardio and resistance training and classes. And two years ago, she launched her well uh, women's wellness program called The Whole You that offers women over 40 a 30-day whole body wellness program that incorporates movement, healthy eating, mindfulness, and community. And for the past five years, she has also owned and run her company Health in a Cup, a nutrition company that features medicinal mushrooms in its coffee, tea, personal care, and nutraceuticals. So we have a lot to discuss today. So Kelly and I, and then I'll say hi, met, when was it, like a year ago? We just, I don't know, we're in some kind of group. We connected, we hit it off. It's like we've known each other forever. And now here we are. She's a guest on my podcast. We've actually done a program together, which was uh, helping women to stop overeating, which was so much fun. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. This is exciting. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so as always, I am a very candid. Uh, we don't have any pre-rehearsed questions. We're just going to wing it because I just like to see where that goes on this adventure. So perhaps tell us, Kelly, um, you know, this is a this is a podcast about menopause and made simple. And what was your, you are in menopause, you're postmenopausal, I should say, right. you're postmenopausal in your menopausal journey, say that fast 10 times. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you feel your menopausal journey went looking back? What, what happened? What would you have liked to have known that might've made it better? Let's, let's hear what you've got to say. Well, this is an interesting uh, question because the first thing that came to mind is it's a blur. Mm -hmm. It's a big blur. And in fact, I even spoke to my husband this morning and I said, what do you remember? (laughs) How was I? Because I feel like the minute I turned 50, um, a lot of things changed. But even to this day, I have no idea if they were due to menopause or not. I mean, looking back, probably a lot of them were because of my age. I probably stopped getting my period around 55. I, you know, I'm guessing that. Um, So I'm now 59. So I'm kind of, it was halfway through this this decade, right, of my life. Um, But I didn't, 
I didn't really go into it with a lot of knowledge or expectations. I knew I was probably going to get hot flashes, which I did. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of prep, <laughs> prep like same as when you have a child. You just, you just do it, right? So yeah, I mean, the hot flashes are um, were a definite thing. Um, really severe at night. You know, just soaked, soaked. Everything was soaked, and day, during the daytime, like you just felt like a furnace. Now, so there's a question here. Was that in perimenopause or after, uh, you know, and you, and you know, what's interesting is how many women I talk to, because a lot of us don't track our periods, right? I actually didn't even think about my period uh, growing up. And it's only in my late forties. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, I get it every month. I don't know if it's 28 days, 31 days, it shows up. I'm like, oh, that's why I ate chocolate last week um, or was a little more weepy or biatchy or whatever. And and I've not had any, like I've had a very good period life. Like it's, you know, nothing's been ever wrong. But then I was like, mm, I'm curious. Like, you know, you go to the doctor and they're like, what was the first day of your period of your, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was the exact same way. Uh, it was just something that happened. I got cramps every month. I don't know. I don't know how long each month lasted. I I, I just went with the flow. Right. And so, you know, I do kind of write it down every once in a while. Sometimes I forget. Um, but I'm also curious because the date of menopause is one year from your last period. So this is kind of why I've been tracking it because I'm like, okay, I actually, October 31st, which is interesting. I had my last period and then I didn't have one till I actually missed it in November. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is the beginning. And then I got it December 21st or something. I'm like, okay, now we're starting again. So for me, I'm tracking now for interest sake as to actually the date but for you you were just like oh I haven't had it in a while I don't really remember when I had it but well yeah, yeah it yeah it, it kind of uh it kind of dwindled out and then I remember um talking to my doctor and lo and behold it it came back one month about six months later and then never came back again so it was pretty subtle you know it just kind of happened um I would say probably the really bad hot flashes were before that okay maybe a little after but then they turned to you know hot flashes at night but not as severe and not the the soaking wet ones right um they started to to dwindle some of the other things um that stand out for me too and again I have no idea if they're related to hormones or not they probably are but at the time I didn't say, oh, this is, this is menopause. I'm not going to worry about it because I'm a worrier. So everything that popped up, I, I think I didn't assume it was menopause. I assumed it was something else. Right. So I had a lot of aches and pains, um, you know, to the point where I thought, gosh, I, should I be teaching fitness as much as I am? Um, I, I didn't have any change in my weight or sleep. So I was really lucky. Um, my hair has literally tripled in volume. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think I did have a bit of a short temper um, at some point. That was one comment from my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't think it lasted that long. <laughs> there you go. Um and then Tanya, you and I have talked about this, but two years ago, I also developed atrial fibril fibrillation. And I have had some people say 
that you can get that with uh, changes in hormones. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's related to that or to stress, because again, um, I, I've experienced a lot of stress in the last two years and it could have been brought on that way, or it just could be one of those things. I don't know. So my big thing about menopause is don't expect it to be black and white at all. Um, it's, it's a period in your life where you're body is changing but it's probably changing for other reasons too because you're in your 50s right mm -hmm. so if you're if you're like me who's someone who's very analytical it can be very frustrating because you just want to know what is this if it's hormones then okay I can accept that or maybe I should get my hormones checked out which again is another whole mystery because it's very difficult to to check that and very expensive so you kind of just you know, you either say, okay, I'm just going to go with it, or I really want to figure this out. And I just don't know if you can figure menopause out very much. Yeah, so, so there's definitely so it's interesting, because I think that's what you said, like, there's no cookie cutter, it's different for everybody. But yeah. there are, you know, I've done some Facebook lives, there are things you cannot control, and that is you're changing hormones, but you can control your lifestyle. And yeah. there's a lot of, um, there's, there's some escape of like, oh, I'm going through menopause, like I'm gaining weight, but that's more like a cop out because uh, you can do something about it. And it may not be exactly what you want, but there's definitely some lifestyle choices that you can start to make that will make this transition better. And I know, you know, in regards to hormones, I'm not a hormone expert by any means. I have actually, I, I don't, uh, you know, I know something about hormones, but it's not like it doesn't light me up. So I know enough to understand them, uh, but definitely not a hormone expert. But I do know that some in some regards that our hormones do decrease our stress resistance. So we can feel more stress and we don't know how. Uh, so what I'm saying is you will feel more stressed because your hormones have changed, but that doesn't give you the excuse not to learn how to deal with your stress. So maybe this is one area, you know, you and I have talked about and stress is perceptive. So it's different for everybody. What stresses you out may not stress me out. It's all how we feel during that stress. Right. And so what are some things that you did to help with the stress because stress is very hard on our bodies and affects different people in different ways. So let, let's chat about your stress and just see if some people can gain any insights um, to help them maybe on their journey if they're feeling the same thing. Well, well, um, <laughs> when I first realized how much stress I was under, I, um, I guess the first thing I realized, or maybe not the first thing, but eventually I realized that um, I couldn't probably find the solution outside of myself. I had to find it inside of myself. Mm. So I, I mean, on the outside, one of the first things I started doing was meditating every morning. And I found that helped. I started walking every day with, um, uh, listening to a podcast and the you know I, I I was never a podcast person and Dr. Joe Dispenza was the first one I listened to and he's, love him he, yeah I mean he taught me the the realization between 
you know, what's going on in your head and what's manifesting in your body. And so that had good and pros and cons, right? Because I was relieved to know that there was a connection and that the stress was affecting my body because of the way I was thinking. But then if you're already stressed out, you you worry about the fact that you are still thinking that way and therefore maybe making things worse, right? So it's kind of a catch-22. Um, so meditation, podcasts, uh, lots of self-care, um, deciding to retire was a big thing. I knew that um, I couldn't go on working. I had to take care of myself. Now, I was planning to retire anyway, so... The timing was just absolutely perfect for me. Um, and what age did you I, end up retiring? I think you were like 58, 57, 58. Yeah, just this last June. So okay. when the, when the, when the uh, climax of the stress hit, I literally had to take a month off work to deal with it. And I came back and I uh, worked another um, year and four or five months. So once I knew I had a year, you know, it, it really took the pressure off. Um, and you were then, also teaching at the same time. So Kelly had a full-time job and still teaching and, and doing her health business on the side. Yeah, so when exactly. She, when she retired, she retired from her, you know, her corporate job and still did your, your fun stuff, your fun, yeah. fun work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is now <laughs> seems to be full-time, which is fun. Nice. But you know, it came a point where the meditations, the podcasts, the baths in Epsom salt, you know, they just weren't cutting it. And I started to realize that um, if things were going to change, I had to change the way I was seeing the world basically yeah and that's been my focus for the last long you know good long out, uh, year I guess and it's not uh it's not a quick fix it's not an easy fix it's a lot of work but it's the only answer and so it's I guess some people call it a spiritual journey some call it a you know a soul journey um you know, if you listen to Dr. Wayne Dyer, he says, this is exactly what happens in your fifties, because the first half of your life, you're, you're trying to build a life for yourself. You know, you've got goals and aspirations, and then you hit 50 and you sort of, you've done all that. And you start to think about things that are deeper and, and I'm not going to say more important. They're just the, your priorities shift, I guess. And so he, I'm exactly doing that. And I don't know if going through menopause at the same time makes it that much harder. I, I would bet it does because everything, you know, everything just seems like it's not clear. We've mm -hmm. talked about brain fog during menopause. That makes inner work so tough because you aren't, there isn't a lot of clarity. You're, you're fighting through the brain fog um, and all the other symptoms and trying to get clear on who you are and, you know, what's life all about <laughs> all these really deep questions with brain fog. So that's, it's, I find that has been a real huge challenge, but I'm committed to it because I know it's the only, it's the only way I'm going to move through the rest of my days um, with happiness and peace. Right. So, you know, it's really interesting. I remember turning 50 and it is like a, oh my gosh, like half my life is over. <laughs> it was, 
a little depressing. Um, and you, I, Tanya, I was the same way. I said to my husband, we are not celebrating this. We are not inviting friends over. We are not going anywhere. We are going to sit in the house and have a nice dinner together. And that was it. Now, I could, sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to let you know, I felt the exact same way. And I, when I was younger in my fitness classes, I used to make people do as many push-ups in my class as my age. No mm -hmm. way, not at 50. <laughs> not because I didn't want to, because I didn't want them to know how old I was. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's very interesting because I, I do remember, like I said, I turned 50 and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't feel 50. I don't feel like I look 50. I don't, I, I, and you do, you start to ask yourself questions because now you're like, I have potentially, I have another 50 years I could live. How am I going to live those years? How do I want to feel? How can I keep myself in this body and mind and spirit moving forward, accepting aging, which we're going to talk about in a second here. And am I living my authentic life? Like, am I, and you know, at 50, my kids were now out of the house, they're off at university. And so man, I had a, you know, I always wanted to be a mom. I'm, I'm so happy that I got to be a mother. It's one of the greatest gifts. I, it taught me so much about myself. I wish I could have a redo because I would do so many things better. But anyway, that's life. And now not only was I going through, I'm in perimenopause, I'm I'm turning 50, my kids are out of the house, I'm mourning the loss of motherhood in a different way. And so it is, you become very introspective. And now you're creating this new life of, you know, where do you want it to go? What do you want to do? How do you want to feel? Right. And so it's exciting, but it's also like, oh man, that 50 years went fast. Oh, yeah. jumpins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I get that. I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of soul work if you choose to acknowledge it, because, you know, if your kids are younger, you may not have the time because you're, you're, you're taking that energy with your kids. So it, it depends on a lot of different things, but yes, you and I share that, that similar experience. So I can tell you though, that, um, oh, like 60 just sounds ridiculous, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, there, I don't want people to feel like you're going to feel that way forever. So, I mean, even just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've noticed a shift. So I am, I, I've already said to myself, you know, my husband and I are going to go away on a trip when I turn 60. So I want to, you know, I want to celebrate it. And I'm going to be in the best damn shape mm -hmm. that a 60 year old can be in. And I'm going to, you know, so my perspective has already started to shift from the way it was at 50 and even the way it's been in the last couple of years, because honestly, I've never been through so much uh, trauma as this stressful situation in the last two years. And it's, um, you know, they say that the hard times, the down times, the dark times, you, you, you grow so much from them. Mm -hmm. And it's very true. It's true. You just yeah. have to 
patient and work at it. We need struggle. You know what? So often we try and remove struggle and pain from our children's lives or those around us. And it's struggle and pain that allow us to grow and move through. And of course, none of us really want a lot of struggle or a lot of pain. I know I don't, but I know that I could handle a little bit. So, you know, universe, I'm not asking for struggle and pain here, but I do look back at my life and it's the times where I was, you know, like you in your fifties, when I was in my twenties, I was at a sit down desk job. I had finished, uh, I graduated from Western. I went to George Brown College for fitness and lifestyle management, but I was working in the financial industry. I thought I had to be this person that dressed in a suit. I was incredibly unhappy. I was building my fitness business on the side. And I basically was sitting at work and I could feel like signs that I ignored because we tend to. I was so unhappy at my desk job that I actually passed out. I had an ambulance come and get me. And um, I basically had an anxiety attack. And it was a message that this is not what you are to be doing. So I went home for a little bit. I came back to work. I lasted probably two weeks. I had rashes all over me, like heart rate. I had like uh, my like pain in my arm, like just so many messages. The universe is like, this is not where you need to be. I passed out again at work and I just went home and I said, I, that's it. I can't ever go back. Like I had to listen to myself. And then that's when I went through this identity change of putting on track pants and running shoes. And I thought of myself as a failure because I'm like, Nobody will respect me the same way now that I'm not looking the part, right? But let me tell you, I am so happy that happened to me and the darkness I went through because I love, the minute I took that job on full-time, I worked 18 hours a day. I I love it. I still love it to this time, right? And so I think our our body does give us messages and it's whether we choose to listen to it or not. And sometimes we're really forced into listening to it. And it can be very scary. So, mm-hmm. you know, you took this time that, that you went through and you were getting the messages and you're like, okay, t- now it's time to let go of me in that corporate world and bring me into this new shining light that I'm in. So, yeah, it's, uh, we have to listen to our bodies. That's for sure. I, and again, I'll go back to the th- fact that I think menopause really um, can complicate that if you're going through anything because uh, you're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with a lot and you don't even know it. You don't even yeah. know it. You, you even don't know, what know you're it. Dealing with, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's not the best advice maybe because it's kind of gray, but at the same time, maybe it takes away expectations of everything being black and white and, you know, oh, I'm going to know when I'm in it. And oh, this is going to be how I feel because it's, it's just not, I don't think it's going to be that way. Maybe some women have it really easy. I do actually have a friend who said she just breezed through her fifties and sixties and she didn't have an issue at all, but I don't hear that all that often. No. And you know what? I wanted to call this podcast menopause made easy. And I love talking to real women because it's good to share our experiences because sometimes you know, people can make it sound like such a bad experience. 
And it is, I think if you can understand, like we talked about, your hormones are changing. They are changing. You can't control your hormones. Now you can go and get them tested. There's a Dutch test, which I did. It is expensive. And I will tell you, if you don't have somebody to properly read your results, it's a complete waste of money. Um, I did have a naturopath, but she was not very good at the Dutch test. So for me, it was uh, an expensive um, experiment. Uh, so, you know, but you can definitely, if you want to dive into that, there's a Dutch test, you can go get, get blood work, but I know for myself and I know you being in the health industry as well, that I know, and, and Kelly does not have an emotional eating problem at all. She is like somebody I just aim to be like, but <laughs> I know that if I had not dealt with my emotional eating in my thirties, I would be having a much harder time right now. I know that without a shadow of a doubt, right? I know that if I was not lifting weights for the last 30 years, my bones would not be as strong right now. I know that my chances of diabetes would be higher. Like I just know that I have done things in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and still into my 50s that are definitely making my menopausal journey less severe physically yeah. right and then I also understand the emotional stuff that's come up with that so let's talk about aging for a minute and then let's talk about your mushrooms so this is something I, I was just watching um oh it's very good limitless on G national geographic with Chris Helmsworth who I will watch any day because he is just so hunky but the <laughs> last episode was on acceptance and they're talking about dying. And let me tell you, this is not one of my favorite subjects to talk about. And so I don't mean we have to talk about death today, but we do have to talk about aging. So one of the scenes that happens is they put a machine on him, a contraption that shows him what he would move like when he was 87. Okay. So it just kind of shows us how our body's going to change. But one of the bigger things that happened is that his wife, surprises him at a dance and they've used prosthetics on her face that has aged her 50 years right and so she is just like this is hard this is hard to see myself age and age is going to happen we are all aging we are going to get more wrinkles our hair is going to turn gray how do you feel about this aging process <clears throat> Like, have you accepted it? Are you kind of like resisting it? Where are you on this adventure? I think a little of both. Um, I, I'm definitely still resisting it. In um, what way? What way? Oh, I just don't want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want life to end, I guess. But, you know, going back to the spiritual journey that I've been on, I've learned a lot about the fact that this isn't, the, you know, this isn't the end. We all think it's the end, but it actually is not. So that's helped a lot in reducing the resistance. Um, but I can tell you that if I do a live, you know, a live Instagram, or I do a live on Facebook, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of videos, I do not put any makeup on. And sometimes I'll look at that and I'll go, oh my God, you have way more wrinkles than you had two years ago. 
why didn't you hold the camera further away? Like, you know, I, I'm judging myself, but at the same time, I don't come on looking anything different than if you were standing in my living room. And I've learned to accept that. So I, I don't, I'm not going to say I love it. I love how I look. I, it's just, that is who I am and I'm not going to pretend to be somebody else. So I'm somewhere in between, like I'm still resisting because I'm like you, like I don't feel my age, but I'm grateful that I'm in the shape I'm in. Very grateful. And I plan to stay that way as long as I can. And the wrinkles are inevitable. I really don't think, you know, anything's going to change that. So. Right. Yeah. So I. It is interesting because I am like you, like I remember doing videos, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And my sister's like, Tanya, put some makeup on, do your hair, something. And I said, you know what, Teresa, this is, if I had to go put makeup on and do my hair, I'd never do a video. Like I just, I'm not a big makeup person. I don't dye my hair. It's usually in a ponytail. That's just who I am. And I've always been if, if people don't like me for who I am, if they need to go look at the videos with the, the, the ladies with the breast implants and the, the makeup and their hair done, that's not my clientele. Like I am a natural person, right? And so sometimes I look at myself though, and I look at other people my age and I'm just like, ooh, I wonder if I should go get some Botox and get, <laughs> get rid of some of these wrinkles. But it's against my natural philosophy of health and you know yeah. whatever you whatever you just do out there whoever's listening is up to you that's your own personal journey but my it's too conflicting for me and so I've had a lot of conversations with my girlfriends and they're like you know I even have a friend who does Botox and stuff she's like Tanya just do a little in your eye like underneath your eyes and I'm like yeah but then I have to do my mouth and then I have to do my forehead like then it doesn't stop and where does it end and what's the matter with me aging like what is it why are we trying to get rid of my wrinkles like I have earned these and so I am definitely going through a oh my gosh like a I don't want it and I don't want to be forced by society to not accept myself. And, and I've really been working through this for like the last three years of, cause I don't dye my hair. I can start to see more gray and who knows if I'll change my mind. But for right now, I'm really dead set against, because it's just a very strong value of mine to, to be natural and to show people to accept themselves where they are. And well, that's not easy. No, it's not. And I mean, really, it's it's society telling us that aging is is not pretty, right? It's yeah. conditioning. And mm -hmm. we have to we have to get past that. But it's that's it, you know, that's again, that's inner work. That's getting away from what we think is is right or acceptable. It's tough work because it's the way we've always thought. Right. Yeah. And what is right? So I have this question sometimes, like I, every once in a while, I'll do a little face yoga. Like I'll lift and lower my eyebrows up and down. I'll puff out my cheeks. I'll like puff my lips up. I, I teach some face work classes that I do, but I mean, it's not every day. I'm very hit and miss with it. And then I'm like, Ooh, I should do that as much as I do my biceps. <laughs> because it's not wow, as much fun. <laughs> I know for some reason, I'm like, why are we ignoring our face? And you can, there is a lot of natural things you can do, but I guess it just hasn't even hit me enough 
to, to like really do it. Even though I was like, I know it's one of those things I know I should be doing, even though I don't like to use that word should, but I just haven't made it a part of my regular routine. Like sometimes if I'm walking the dogs, I'll puff out my cheeks or <laughs> do some funny movements, but uh, I don't, where was I going with this? But I will work out my body. Right. And so I, I like to work out my body, you know, because I know it, how it helps keep my bones strong, my, my muscles strong. So it's a very interesting why I haven't yet translated that up to my face um, <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it, it, maybe it just, yeah, it's just not, um, it's just not a habit. Like I haven't put enough value on or that. It's, yeah, it's, or yeah, it's just not a priority yet. Yeah. So, so very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So now tell me how you got into your mushrooms. So I drink Kelly's mushroom tea. Tell me all about it. I know mushrooms are good for you. I have never been a mushroom eater my entire life. I'm actually enjoying a few more of them now, but I love tinctures. I love powders. I love teas. So that's how I've been getting my mushrooms in because I know how good they are for me. They're very medicinal. So yeah. perhaps tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So there are culinary mushrooms, the mushrooms that you get at the grocery store and eat, which have huge health benefits too. But then there's uh, functional or medicinal mushrooms. And that's, you know, the common ones are lion's mane, turkey tail, reishi, cordyceps. And so it was about five years ago, um, a friend of mine in Toronto introduced me to a coffee that's infused with reishi mushroom. And I had never heard of it ever. Uh, so I tried it and um, I started because I'm, as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm very analytical. So as soon as I got introduced to this, I started to research reishi mushroom because I wanted to know what I was putting in my body. And at the time, um, and this is one of the aches and pains I mentioned um, that was the mystery. At the time, I was having a lot of pain in my legs. And um, I went to the doctor who sent me to rheumatologists because they were they were wondering if it was rheumatoid arthritis. As it turns out, I ended up seeing an amazing chiropractor who I met through this coffee company. And I was fortunate enough to get a treatment and I've never had the pain since. And that was wow six years ago. It was all structural. Um, so anyway, to back up, in the meantime, before I got that adjustment, um, I started researching reishi mushroom and rheumatoid arthritis, and I realized how incredibly powerful medicinal mushrooms can be for autoimmune diseases, because they can reduce inflammation, they can uh, calm your nervous system, they can heal your gut, which is where all of our inflammation or most of our inflammation originates. It brings oxygen to your uh, organs. It um, can can balance blood pressure, can balance blood sugar, can balance hormones. It's like mind blowing what my, these mushrooms could do. So I started. So I stuck with it, and um, you know, honestly, one of the things I did was I continued to get blood work done on my rheumatoid arthritis markers, and they started to drop. The nice. uh, the, the, yeah, the indications of inflammation started to drop. Now I've been lucky because I've not had any signs of the arthritis, but I was, I feel like I got ahead of it, right? So I've been consuming the mushrooms for five years and, um, you know, I'm hoping for the best because I mean, the research is out there and this is 
published medical research articles. There's over 3,000 on reishi mushroom alone. God knows how many there are on all the other mus mushrooms. Um, so I drink it in my coffee, my tea. Um, I take the capsules. We have amazing nutraceuticals that are pure reishi, organic reishi. They have no fillers, like a lot of you know, a lot yeah, of so let me put a little caveat in here because supplements for anybody who has it, like I, I used to be dead set against supplements. Like you don't need them. You get them from food. Well, you know what? Times have changed. Our food is not the same. We eat a very limited diet. Our diet is basically corn, soy, and oh, what's the other one? Wheat. Uh, we're not getting the vegetables. Our vegetables aren't, aren't in the soil where we don't have that diversity. It's affecting our gut. And so I, in the last probably 15 years, have changed my tune on supplements, but you have to do your research. Yeah. I do not buy, or there are very few supplements I actually buy. I will not buy for them from the drugstore. I will not buy them from Costco. I will go and research them. And people can write, people can write about their supplement, borrowing information from other people's studies. So you really, there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of money on supplements that are not what we call bioavailable, which means the cells are, they're not absorbing into the cells. Yeah. So this is why, you know, when I meet somebody in my industry, like Kelly, who's very passionate, she's done the work. I trust her. She shows me the research. Um, you pay more because you're actually buying uh, the substance and not fillers. So right. I just wanted to put that in there because it, it is a market that is horribly abused. So when you get and, a good one, you get a good one. Yeah, exactly. And, and medicinal mushrooms are certainly gaining popularity. So they're getting more uh, easy to, to get, but you really do have to be careful where the mushrooms are grown. Are they, they can be organic mushrooms, but they are un, unable to reproduce themselves that's not, that's not a good mushroom to be eating, our, you know, and that's something our company is, is really, I mean, our mushrooms reproduce and the, what the, the way they reproduce is they produce spores and spores, mm. the spores are two little um, shells. We have the, the patent on cracking those shells and getting what's inside. It's the most bioavailable to your body. And um, so we have the patent on that. And spore, if your mushroom isn't producing spores, it could be organically grown, but it's not It's not healthy. I mean, anything that can't reproduce has something wrong with it, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I love that fact. The spores are actually the, the capsules I take every day because they're, they're so powerful. Um, but yeah, you need to be careful. You need to read the labels and do your research on where the mushrooms are grown, how they're grown, how they're processed, what they add to them, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I know for a lot of people, you know, including myself, because you get price sensitive and you're like, you know, for example, I'll just bring up, I don't know, magnesium, for example. And you go, oh, well, I can go buy, I'm not even going to name the brand. Oh, it's like $9.99 for 150 tablets. Why would I spend $40 for a month's supply or whatever? And it's yeah. like, because one of them is magnesium and the other one is kind of like magnesium. <laughs> um, and you really have to know the bioavailability. So yeah. that's all. I have a supplement. Kelly's company is on my, you know what? I'll actually add the link uh, to the show notes. Your company is Organo. 
and or organo how, how do you pronounce it i always say organo it's organo oh there you go i got yeah. it right okay it's spell check i'll call it oregano though <laughs> okay okay and so i have a, sh a link and i send this link to people in regards to supplements because i connect with people like kelly i you know work with a couple other supplement companies and i uh send those links to people who want them because I understand bioavailability and all the things that you talked about. And so, you know what, just save up your money or have a look at how you can, you know, uh, not buy something. And, you know, it's really <laughs> worth investing because the health benefits, the mushrooms are fascinating. There's actually a documentary on Netflix, Netflix, I think it's called fungi something. Fantastic. I watched it. What's it called? Fantastic. Fantastic fungi. fungi. It is amazing. Yeah. So um, definitely that. And like you said, look at the blood work you got, right? There's proof in yeah. the pudding of how that helped you. So that's, and I'm sure you felt your stress in some way decreasing. Do you think yeah, I mean, I, there's, it's a tough one to tell, um, but I would imagine that I would have been in a lot worse shape had I not been consuming those every day. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell unless you go off it and then notice the difference, but I wasn't going to chance that. So, yeah. You know what I always say to people, it would be very interesting because, you know, I I've been personal training for 30 plus years. I I'm so passionate about helping people in this health and fitness industry. And people will say to me, uh, no, uh, no, I will say to people, look, if, if you could take yourself, so say you took Kelly at 50 and you didn't do any of the things that we've been talking about, right? So you take two Kellys, you got one that does the things and one that doesn't do the things. Sometimes I wish we could do this. And then you meet back up here at 59 and you go, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. it's like, holy smokes, I'm so glad I did the meditation. I did the walks. I'm exercising. I'm eating healthily. I dealt with my emotional eating. I'm taking these medicinal mushrooms. Kelly and I both take this great uh, magnesium liquid supplement, right? What would we be like if we didn't do these things? And I know what I would be like. I would be a basket case. I, I yeah. would not feel as good as I feel. So I also have, on the other hand, where clients, they'll they'll sometimes say to me, you know, what we're doing together is no longer working. And I'm like, okay. And um, they'll stop and they will notice their pants start to get tight. They start to get a little moodier. Their habits are starting to slip, all of these things. And they are going in a different trajectory. And mm -hmm. it happens, it can happen as quickly as, three to six months, or some people it takes up to a year to a year and a half, depending on the base that they built. But those clients, most of them have come back to me because they're like, it did make a difference. Uh, you know, and, and this is the thing I talk about. It's the first episode in my podcast is how we're really drawn to shiny stars, the magic potion, instead of understanding yeah. the little things, everything, Everything we do every single day has a much, has a huge impact. So, yeah, we want quick fixes and big light bulbs to go off. I'm the same way, you know, like this whole stress management thing. I just, and soul journey. It's like, when is the light bulb going to go off? And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but you just, you just have to, you just have to do what's best for your self for your body, for your mind, for your emotions. Yeah. And trust, trust that it will, that it is the right thing. 
Yeah. And I know because I often think of this example with myself. If I didn't do what I was doing, what would my other self look like? So that's, you know, if nobody's ever thought about that, good, good thing to think about. Okay. Sure. Is there anything? Uh, so we talked about your mushrooms. We and, and I'm not a coffee drinker, everybody. I've never been a coffee drinker. I'm too hyper uh active my husband won't even let me have coffee ever I sometimes have a sip and he's like holy smokes (laughs) so I drink tea uh, but I don't even need caffeine I don't need any caffeine really um but does the tea I drink have caffeine in it I don't even it has a it has a little bit yeah okay so it has a little you know what I actually drink it at night though I drink the mushrooms tea at yeah. night. it's their red green gr- red tea green tea and I never have any problems sleeping so it must be pretty low it's low and uh the medicinal mushroom is overriding it because it uh it helps your body metabolize caffeine differently okay. so it's the same same similar with the coffee people who i have um customers who you know typically get uh the jitters with caffeine or the crash in the afternoon and with our coffee they don't because the mushroom is changing the way the caffeine moves through your system so so it's yeah it's it's different for it's different for everyone but yeah okay very good so anything else you'd like to add about your coffee con- your coffee adventure or your mushroom adventure that anybody else needs to know no, like just, I said, I'll put in the show notes, I'll put the link. So everybody has the, the link to your, to your site. Yeah, sure. I'd appreciate that. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm as passionate about it as I am about fitness. And so um, I just think, you know what, uh, everybody should get these into their body. So if somebody wants uh, any more information, the research, anything, I'm um, open to, to any questions at all. Excellent. Perfect. And we come to you with such heart and passion. You can just feel that when you talk, you know, (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, is there anything else you want to add to menopause? We talked about, you know, going, what your journey was like. We talked about, you know, how some of the things you did to deal with your stress. We talked about how we're accepting this or, you know, moving and grooving into this aging process. Anything else you'd like to tell our viewers at all before we wrap it up? No, you know, I think I, I think the only thing I would say is if you're someone who is getting close to entering menopause, whenever that's going to happen, is maybe just, um, you know, make a promise to yourself that you're going to commit to uh, some one thing, one thing new, something you heard on this pod- podcast, whether it's, you know, moving more like daily walks or starting to lift weights or, you know, cutting out processed foods, just make the commitment to make one change and stick with it through menopause. And, you know, I'm not saying do all the things we did because overwhelm never works, Um, but just commit to one thing. And, and I mean, I can almost guarantee it's going to make a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I had a great podcast with uh, Michael uh, Alviar. He told me to say his name rhymes with caviar. That's the only way I can remember. (laughs) But we were talking about, oh, jeepers, where did my thought just go? Um, Oh, making a change, simple shifts. Oh, enjoying the journey. Enjoy the journey. Have fun with the journey. 
And I think so many times we get caught up in the moment, we lose ourselves in the moment. And sometimes we don't think it's going to end or, but just to take that breath and to just take a step back. And I know that when I let go of dieting, when I let go of rush and panic and trying to fix everything really fast, when I adopted the mindset of like, I'm just on a journey, like there's no more final destination. I'm just... I had such a shift and I'm having so much fun. I'm having so much fun. And I'm like, we all deserve to have fun and to feel light and vibrant and not have, you know, you and I have talked, you're a bit of a worrier, right? And so that can be very heavy, right? Do you feel that you worry less or is it still like a constant? I. I feel like it's starting to shift a bit. Yeah. But I also feel like I'm on uh, thin ice. Like if something large was to happen in my life, I'm not sure how I would handle it um, because I've, I'm not, I'm not done with the healing. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, I'm teetering. So if something, if things go really well for, <laughs> for the next year, you know, I think I'll make a lot of progress. So but again, that's recognizing where I'm at, right? Like, that's probably something I never would have recognized a year or two ago. So you got to look at the progress. Yeah. And you're also looking at it from a very calm and understanding, like, this is where I was. This is where I am now. This is where I'm going. And you know, this is very interesting, because you and I, like I, you, you may have been rolling, but you've, you're, you take my rolling course and rolling changed my life. I didn't understand how out of balance my nervous system was. I did, I did not, I was like insane type A personality. And therefore, you know, I've, I have like unpacked so many things over the last 15, 20 years. But I will tell you that laying on my roller was absolutely life-changing for me. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know about the the effects on my nervous system. But then I started to read about it. And to be fair, 20 years ago, there was not that much research on it. Uh, It's really interesting. Like, you want to do a deep dive into fascia? We, We need to talk about fascia one day. But that really does help you become more centered. Mm. more present and you can't worry in the present moment you can't worry because and this is one thing I've been working on is living in the present moment I was horrible for living in the past living in the future I could not be in this moment and it's I'm I'm working on it I I'm not perfect but that roller helped me it really helped me I connected with my breath I learned how to relax and uh so I know that's helped you a little bit as well on the the journey of yeah I, I I love your roller program it's amazing I've learned so much but it's something I don't do regularly enough so thanks mm-hmm. for the kick in the pants <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you know what we're good for each other because we'll support each other and uh, accountability and support are huge we both run coaching programs and it is important to get coaching and accountability it helps yeah. you stay on track so there you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Thank you, viewers, uh, for listening, watching. And uh, we will see you in the next episode.